F A I R Y T A I L S. Welcome to Fairytales Podcast. Hi, Tiffany. How are you? I'm okay. Actually, I had a pretty busy day. It felt like a back to the normal day, and I started to think, damn. I had all this time to really, you know, take better care of my health and like have a good routine, meditate and stretch all this time. And now I'm kind of back to normal. I'm like, what the fuck? What did, why didn't I fit it in? I don't know. That's, that's always how it goes. And, but yeah, so business is kicking up again. Uh, COVID uh, considering. Well, I wouldn't say kicking up. It's more like opening up. <laughs> Because the, all the salons were are, are closed, so it's so sad. Like they're small businesses, and they're all cl they were closed most of the time. So it's like a small start. But at least we're open. Yeah, and just to clarify, when you talk about oh, salons, right. you're in the beauty business. I know beauty, <laughs> and then dogs. It kind of is a funny mix, and um, but yeah, be, I've been in the, God in the cosmetic industry for 20 years plus. Oh, that makes me really sound old, but I guess I am old. I am old. But, um, and you know, dogs are my passion. So I gave up that career for a little bit to get into working with dogs. And I learned from Louise. So Louise is who's amazing, um, with dogs. And she immersed me into the world of dogs, um, as her, I was her assistant dog walker. Um, and this is, I mean, we should talk about how we still got met. And all I that. miss you as my assistant dog walker. Oh my God, we had so much there. fun. I know, we had so much fun. We just need to do it for fun instead. You know, we, t yeah. But yeah. We're, we're still lucky yeah. to be able to work together with this podcast. Yeah. And, I mean, with the dog rescue. Yeah. Yeah. But how did, so yeah, so, but you know, I'm back into working with cosmetics with a great company and I'm super happy and we, we, we're being able to manage this, you know, on our time off and, um, we're still very small, you know, we're so small that, you know, we're, we're just, we haven't even grown yet. So, um, but we're not old <laughs> necessarily. I mean, sorry, not new necessarily. So like, how did we, I mean, we started talking, when was that? What oh, year you was and that? I? Yeah. We, we it was three years ago when we started. Three years ago. Was it three years? I have, because Louise is super young compared to me, so she's she well, keeps let's memory. Well, let things straight here, because <laughs> everyone has their own meaning of what is old and young, That's considering true. what age you are uh, yourself, you know. And so I'm 33. And I'm 51. So none of us are old. And the funny thing is, is listening to this, probably not knowing our ages, you probably would have guessed Louise was older, because <laughs> she is... It's funny. She she she's like an old soul, an old person. And I have an old soul. I was born eighty eight. Yes, and not nineteen eighty eight. More like at the age of eighty eight. Yeah, I always say that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, here we are again. The fairy tale continues. <sighs> yeah, it's been. I mean, you know, just like you said the other night when we were talking about how many dogs it was nineteen. Well, now it's twenty. Yeah. Elsa got her happily ever after. She was adopted this weekend to a lovely lady here in the Bay Area. And, uh, yeah, it was really good to see. She re even, like, you know, went up to uh, kiss and uh, kiss this woman and let really? her pet her. And this wow. is the first time she let anyone besides me pet her. So I How think did that, that was... happen? She just, it's like it was, she chose. It was meant to be. Oh, my God. Oh, it was really do you have pictures ending. i haven't seen pictures yet oh no i didn't take any pictures what? because she was still like a little stressed out okay. so i didn't want to you know like we'll have her, her send her us lap. pictures yes oh, sorry. i'm gonna have her do that i was talking over yeah i'm sorry 
That's tell me to shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I was getting excited. (laughs) (laughs) And what's the update on Pumpkin? She is not there yet. So I'm kind of jealous that Elsa moved so fast, but I'm happy for her. So Pumpkin is very um, timid still, but she's super curious and open to pets and and sitting next to us and sleeping with us and she will let you uh, hold her and hug her but she's still very um, new to the world I tried to take her on her first walk and that was something like she was on (laughs) an outer space (laughs) she was like she's like where the hell am I oh poor girl I know She's never, like, ever been out in the big world. I don't know. Her world must have been very small. Yeah, I mean, and it's scary to, to uh, you know, can only imagine getting into the world when you've never seen it before. It must be terrifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if we talked about this before, but I, if we were, if they, they if we had their experiences as a human being, we just couldn't bounce back like they do. It would take us years and years of therapy. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're so right about that. I think so, too. Like, they do recover a lot faster than we do. Like, they are remarkable creatures, the way they come out of their shell. And um, I think about that TV show where where this girl was, um, it was like a comedy where they were locked in a basement for several years. uh, Like, they were told it was doomsday and everything outside. That's a comedy? Yeah. Uh, what is it is it from is it swedish (laughs) no it was an american comedy show what was it called oh my god yeah anyway it's been made like several like movies and shows on that idea where somebody's locked up and then all of a sudden they're released and they didn't realize the world was still going on out there yeah yeah and that's what it's got to be you know to to a rescue dog that you know you have Mm. your life and you live in this little like bubble and then somebody comes and just like pricks that bubble and you're like what the hell is going on i know it is i be I, that's you just put me in the mind of the dog for a second there louise and that was that i felt it that was bizarre just thinking about it makes me feel like uh i'm on an acid trip or something <laughs> know, right? <laughs> not in a good way though yeah oh man poor pumpkin i know and she's got this She's the sweetest girl. Like, she has no mean bone in her body. She doesn't try to bite. She doesn't growl. She's just very scared. And she is so sweet. And she's starting to come out of her shell. It's taking a little while, but her facial expression is changing. And so that's what's most interesting, to see their face soften. Yeah, exactly. She's getting more and more relaxed and getting more used to it. And, you know, I think all she needs is time. And we get to follow her here on this podcast and see how she's going to progress. And she will progress. Nothing is static. And a dog that is put in a good, loving home is not going to, you know, go backwards in her development. She She's going to keep progressing. So don't give up hope, Tiffany. No, you're right. That's so true. You always put things in such a positive perspective. And that's what I appreciate so much from you. We got an email from um, um, Contra Costa, the, the animal shelter, that we got Elsa and her two brothers. Or we don't know if they're brothers, right. but they are their two dogs from. And um, tell me about it. They reached out about the fourth dog that uh, the 
Elsa and the bashful and Doc were found with that we couldn't get her because we didn't have a foster home for her. And uh, so she was taken by another rescue and she's not doing too well. Right. Yeah. It was so um, interesting. They reached out to us, which um, I quite feel it was just been nice because they reached out to us on several occasions now as they, they know that we're really good with these dogs. And then we've, we've helped them find a lot of forever homes that are awesome. And these dogs are great. So it's been really nice that they've trusted us um, and counted on us. Anyway, we... Elsa had us a sister. Had a sister. We couldn't pull because we didn't have enough fosters. So yeah, we need more fosters and um, all of that. So please, if you like to foster and open your home, um, yeah. And if you want to foster, go to our website fairytalesdogrescue.com and you can fill out an adoption application, a foster application there. Yes, perfect. We need we need more reliable fosters. The dogs need you. Um, anyway, so we now that Elsa, that Louise got Elsa adopted, um, Louise is going to pick up her sister, um, who's been howling, um, some sad howls they've been calling it. They said it sounds like a lonely, sad howl. Oh, um, a heartbreaking howl. Yeah, they said it's a heartbreaking howl that she has been having a hard time. And she was transferred to another location, but um, it, she she was been in a shelter environment. So I think being in a home would be perfect for her because what Louise did with Elsa. And I wanted to hear a little bit more and if, if we go back to Elsa because when I saw Elsa, I met her. Elsa was very feral and she, she you know, bit, not hard or anything. But And um, Louise, how did you... I mean, tell me, can you just tell me a little bit more how you were able to transition her so well and, and fast? Uh, you know, I think uh, I, I just let her be for the first couple of days. Like I didn't uh, try to get close to her. I didn't try to bother her or anything. Uh, when she had to pee or, or, or poop, I gave her a pee pad or she could go out in my fenced in backyard I mean, on the first day, I did force the harness and the collar on her and take her around the block. Uh, but she did so terribly that I decided to give her a week to decompress. Uh, and after... Um, so I just let her be in my apartment and I didn't um, go at her at all or, you know, pay any attention to her other than say, good girl, good girl, you know, when she uh, did something good, like mm-hmm. go to her food bowl or something like that. And uh, so she didn't feel like I was going to get her. And what was so interesting was uh, that she didn't let me touch her, you know, for the first couple of days. And I think it was on the third morning or something. I just woke up and she was lying like snuggled up to my chest in bed as I woke up. And I'm like, oh, my God. Well, hello there. And then when she saw that I like saw her, she was like, ah, (laughs) and she just like darted out of bed and like. Not letting me touch her, but like, you know, that was the first uh, sign of her getting up close to me. So just like letting her come to me and giving her her space was really, uh, I think, the key in uh, making her not feel pushed and just uh, feeding her curiosity. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then after a week of no walks, I did start to um, force. It sounds so cruel, but I guess it's the, the truth. You know, that I would have to, like, grab her uh, in a very gentle manner. I mm-hmm. wouldn't do it aggressively. I have a very calm energy. I don't look at her in the face. And I, I just, like, make sure I can, like, grab her. And uh, then I put the harness and the collar on. And I take her out on the walks. I get her on the routine just so that her brain will be subjected to 
new information mm-hmm. and that will feed her curiosity even more and that she's just like has to push through this nervousness mm. and that you know that there is no choice uh, for her to go or not to go out on the walk and see the world and it is going to be scary the first couple of times there's nothing we can do about it mm-hmm. but the more she does it the more it will be familiar and the less stressed she will be so it's it seems cruel to like drag him out on a walk but it really benefits them to force them into a routine um Mm, that's so good you know and that's i I remember you saying that i'm like okay so i i forced pumpkin on her first walk and um it was my first time taking her out because i remember you telling me that and she it was like we're talking about um but i'm going to keep doing it because you're right i i but i you know i i my other concern was i don't have any um good um uh harnesses so I'm really, for her, I need a better harness. And I was just thinking how, you know, we really, really need donations for, you know, just not even fundraising for money, but for, we need um, supplies. Yeah, gear. Yeah, supplies and gear. We need I that. I desperately, like, harnesses is huge. Um, so that I'm, I have a plea for harnesses, <laughs> for sure. And food, dog food, of course. Here, our plea. <laughs> we want harnesses. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna put that in the out in the universe, all sizes, but mostly we have smaller dogs, um, so medium to small. So um, smaller harnesses are preferred. I, um, so FYI, but I want to go back to uh, the routine and really emphasize the routine when you're working with a, a feral or really scared dog. Uh, so I would have her on the walks, and I, uh, you know, would do them the same time every day. And then I would have routine of letting her out in the backyard the same times every day. Because the brain learns uh, when things happen the same time over and over again. So instead of being in the scared mode where she's always like, ooh, what's going to happen next? What is that human going to do? And what are we going to do? What's going to happen? What is she doing? What's going to happen? She learns to expect and she knows what's going to happen. So she starts to be able to count on that I'm going to do the same thing and thing again. Mm. So in, when you build a routine, you build a trust. Mm. She can trust that you will do this over and over again. And, you know, and that um, that feeding is a specific time because that's also a thing that, you know, brings a routine. I mean, you, for example, you have a, a kibble uh, standing so they can eat whenever they yeah. want for yeah. your dogs. And that's great. You can totally do that for your foster too, but maybe have you know, like the, the night snack or mm-hmm. something, you know, just a little spoon of wet food or whatever treat that always happens, like either 6 p.m. or always happen after you take out the trash or maybe you don't take out the trash every day, but something you do every day, like just yeah. to yeah. Uh, find that she knows that something is linked to something else. So there's she knows what to expect with the day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, every day good. sort of looks the same. Interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely going to start doing the morning walk, get her on the morning walks. I'm going to start that, adding that in. She loves wet food, so she, I give her the wet food. Yeah, so, um, but she gobbles it down like she's never eaten food in her life. Um, and she's kind of picky because she's like, well, the kibble, uh, nah, I don't want the kibble. <laughs> but that wet food is good. And she's like, oh. and the dogs are like, I don't get any of it. And so that's why I have to leave the kibble up because she eats all the good stuff. And they're just like, I'm like, well, I'm not going to open another can. That's tough. <laughs> get with Louise, however, feeds. Um, when she watched our dog recently, uh, Shirley, she made her chicken, like homemade chicken. So she spoils the dogs rotten. 
it, I do, but I so also sweet. don't have any yeah, kids or chickens or anything else to yeah, take care of. That's so. true. I actually got to remind yeah. myself. I always feel I always feel like guiltier less than because Louise feeds them chicken and oh, no. <laughs> so I always need reassurance that she gives me by telling me, "Oh, don't worry, you got kids and you don't." you know all that other stuff so makes me feel better yeah no but it's true yeah you're right it's true yeah and um what else yeah another thing uh, that i think about is um i mean and uh, maybe this isn't the case for pumpkin mm. but a lot of dogs like for example really don't like putting on a harness uh, if they haven't right. been pets before because then it's like uncomfortable and they don't really know what it means uh, so uh, what i uh, do is like takes the uh, like some smushy cheese or something uh, on your finger. And when you put on the harness, you just stick your finger with the, the yummy cheese in their mouth. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's not... Um, I like to explain it as... Uh, it's not so much for you to convince them uh, as a person that this is a good idea. But when you put something yummy in their mouth as you put on the mm-hmm. harness, the brain will take note of that something positive happened when you put on mm. the harness. And mm. that will force the dog to commit to this behavior. You have to do it a couple of times, obviously. Yeah. Repeat, repeat, repeat is always the case with training. Uh, for example, when I got Journey, uh, my pit bull, who was our first rescue, uh, he was not treat motivated at all when I got him. And now he's super treat motivated. And he was uh, leash reactive and, and still is if I don't keep up with the training. And so, you know, first I... Uh, uh, thought uh, that I can't um, work with treats with him when I'm trying to distract him with, from his leash reactivity because he doesn't care about the treats. But then I discovered I just kept shoving the treats in his mouth and he just spat them out, so he didn't care about them. But a part of the treat still went down his throat and it got into his saliva and so on, and his brain picked up on this being a positive thing. Mm. So I just kept shoving it in his mouth even though he kept spitting it out. And after a while... That started clicking with his brain. Mm. And now he looks for me for treats and he begs for the treats. So it really works. Like think of it as trying to program the brain as a computer. Uh, that's how I think yeah. about it. Yeah, no, I do. I got to start focusing on because I think she's, she needs, she's ready for the next level and I, I need to commit that to her. Um, so she would benefit from somebody who could, um, doesn't have you know as much going on as I do. She's going to find her home. I know you're out there. Pumpkins, mommy or daddy. I know you're out there. And, you know, it's getting time. So come get her. Yeah, please. (laughs) But it's very exciting to hear Pumpkin's progress. I know it's uh, stressful for you who are the foster and just eager to see her improve. But I think for, you know, our... For, for us and for our mm-hmm. listeners, it's really interesting to be able to follow a dog like Pumpkin yeah. and, and like really see her story, see her fairy tale. Yeah, it's super rewarding. And hearing, I think the most rewarding is hearing back from our fa- our foster fam- our foster families and our adopted families who adopted our dogs and get updates on their photos and their stories. It's It makes all of this so um, more even more rewarding. Uh, Louise, remember I wanted to talk to you about um, 
Oh, yeah, we got an email. Yeah, from Michael Wagner, who's amazing. You should check him he's out. A, he's an artist? He No, he's his husband's an artist. But oh, Mike, yeah, his husband is the one who did our fabulous yeah. logo. Uh, yeah, John Rendell did our logo, and he's super amazing, too. You should both follow both of them on social media. Um, at Michael Wagner, spelled the French way, M-I-K-E-L Wagner, and um, John Rendell, J-O-N-R-E-N-D-E-L-L, um, super awesome guys. Um, and Michael is an incredible marketing guy, but he also is very involved in, um, social media and, and voicing. And so he, um, is doing a blog. Um, and he asked, and I thought it was like really cool. It says, I'm writing a blog about people and their pets. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. If you have a moment, why do people hurt animals in your view? What is your view on that? You know, I think mental illness is one and in which one needs to be somebody responsible to get help. And so, you know, I don't think it's an excuse because they should, if you feel, if you're having like mental issues where you're hurting an innocent being like a child or a dog, you, you know, go freaking get help, you know, (laughs) like that's not okay. You need help. And, you know, it's sad. The sad thing is. You know, mental health is not easy to get in this country because you, you've got to have insurance. It's expensive. So it's just all effed up. But anyway, you have to, you know, if you can take care of yourself, it's important you should be also be able to take care of yourself as well as a pet. Because, I, I, you know, I see that it's so painful to see. Uh, I think you're definitely right about uh, mental health issues being one of the biggest reasons mm. to why people abuse uh, their dogs. I think also, um, you know, whenever anyone abuses uh, children or women, uh, you know, when you think that women are the weaker sex, uh, and so uh, I, I think it's often in a discourse of power. And I think that goes for the, the animals too, because they're so helpless uh, in re- relationship to us that it's uh, that it has a lot to do with po- uh, power when you mm. abuse an animal. That's, that's gross. So what was the next question? That, oh, um, we can do the next one. Okay. Michael Wagner said. Wagner, that sounds the Jew, uh, the Jewish, version, the Swedish version of <laughs> Wagner. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and the second question was he asked, um, "Do you want me to I read it?" Okay. Okay. It says, "Why do you care for animals so much?" And so that was, you know, I mean, I can go on, but I said, I care for animals so much because they are pure love. They love you. They don't judge you. They don't discriminate. They are innocent beings and we've domesticated them. So they're like, they're family. Um, we are responsible for them because of the fact that we as a human race domesticated them, we're responsible for them and they're responsible to take care of them. Um, they're not meant to be feral animals. They're not, they're, at all more than even a cat you know a cat can live outdoors and be feral and dogs just it's not healthy for them at all um they thrive in a home only i've taken a dog i mean it was just looks scared to death and you know they do transform um how could how could we harm these creatures i mean how i i i can't understand they're just so forgiving and willing to love over and over and over again and and uh, they're willing to forgive um you know, it's just, I admire them as a creature. I agree with you. What uh, about you, though? Why, what, what would you, how would you answer that? 
Uh, I mean, I grew up with uh, two Pomeranians, Bimbo and Alex. And <laughs> Bimbo. <laughs> don't you laugh at him. Oh, Bimbo was the boy. Okay. I love it. It's even better. <laughs> Bimbo and Alex, they were, you know, my closest confidence as a child. And, um, uh, you know, in rough times, they were always the ones that were there offering love and, um, um, you know, just being there with you. And as a child in a scary world, uh, that means everything. And um, so I think that they just uh, became uh, uh, something that I associate with um, safety and love and, you know, everything good in the world. That hit me. Um, that hit, hit my like I was like almost started crying because I, 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 I relate to that so much. And I talked to you about um, I grew up with this dog named Tippy and I get emotional when I think about her because I felt like she was, like you said, she was my confidant. She was my best friend. She was, I was, um, I, you know, I, I, as a young, the youngest in my family, I, I felt ignored often. I didn't feel like I was part of anything connected to anyone, but I felt connected to Tippy. And, um, I felt the same way. I was the youngest one in my family too. Interesting. Mm. Sometimes I feel like she had brought me up in some parts of my life in my, you know, early, she was almost like a parent. I know that sounds really strange, but that's why I feel like it's, I learned, you learn from these animals that they're, that they're part of their forgiving, pure love. Their nature is something to learn from, um, you know, they're loyal. They, the forgiveness that they have is, they don't forget though. <laughs> But they'll, that's the sad thing. They know when they, you know, you hurt them, and but they still love you. And that's what's heartbreaking. Tiffany, you used to work at a um, um, big rescue shelter here in San Francisco. Yeah. What were some of the animal abuse situations that would come across there when you, what you yeah. saw? Um, so I've seen dogs that um, were overbred. So bred and bred and bred. And then tossed. So um, they're the woman, the the females, their nipples. You know, they're I guess they're called teats, not nipples. But they're like hanging so low, and they're just that's all they were done. For. They they got no love and attention. Sweet dogs, and have had to come through some serious shit. Um, I've seen dogs that were filled with t t uh, ticks and fleas. And um, hair, you know, like hypoallergenic dogs, their just hair was grown and grown and never groomed. And they're just all matted and knotted and hoarding dogs, so many hoarding dogs. And those are really sad dogs from Mexico that lived on the streets and were starving and kicked and some put on, put on fire, some oh, yeah. missing legs, a lot of missing legs. And, you know, those dogs from Mexico were some of the sweetest, most forgiving dogs. I, I, I would, unbelievable. We have a lot to learn from them. Mm-hmm. So are we signing off? Yeah. It's time again. All right. Take care. Bye. Ciao. Dog. 
It's the dogs that are in charge and not the men. On the planet dog, it's the dogs that drive the cars and go to work. On the planet dog, it's the men that stay at home alone and drink the water from the toilet. It's like this. La 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 la. 